You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to Update USSA with Kitty McGowan and friends. Uh, Yay! Happy Friday! Happy Friday, Kitty. And we're very lucky. After many years of, of hoping, we got Michael Reardon on the phone with us. Michael, it's uh, great to see you. And, 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 and there, I have a I have to st- I have to start this story with Michael is that not only is he a colleague and, and a friend of many years, my very first very first job in yachting is my was my first meeting with Michael. I land in St. Thomas um, at, and now it's called Yacht Haven Grand and back then and it was called Yacht Haven and, and not very lovingly because it was kind of a dump back then. And yes. who was on the boat right next to me when I was on my 90 foot Broward was, was Mike, uh, Captain Michael Reardon. And uh, so that was, he was my first introduction to the yachting world. And it's so awesome that uh, it's like, I don't want to say like, 30 some years later we're still <laughs> still working in the business in different sectors and still friends and uh and nothing gives me more pleasure than to have michael yeah. um who has such a, a an amazing background in so many things with reardon yacht consulting from everything from captains and management and new build and refit crew work and um, ISM and MLC and MOUSC integration stuff. He knows <laughs> it all. So there. I'm super excited <laughs> to have uh, my my dear friend Michael Reardon with us today on the show. I, I think I, I know you. you for about eight or ten years now, Michael, when I was helping out Hill Robinson with, with their video conferencing. And I think it was <laughs> in uh, the days pre Zoom. Very local, good. Local yeah. guy, Mark. Well, I, was it Mark? Was uh, your local IT guy? Something like Mark, uh, yes, yes, yeah. Mark Jackson, great That's guy. Right, I, well, it's really, really nice to be here with you guys, and it's great to be with old colleagues and friends. And yes, Kitty and I go way, way back. It's so, it's so cliche in some ways to say things were so different, but we had a you know, we were so fortunate to come into a business that was just uh, different and exciting and had um, loads of possibilities, loads of craziness back then, too. But, um, you know, the, the business has grown and changed in a way that's just incredible to watch. And, you know, I, I'd say probably most of us would say we're super blessed to you know, I grew up as a kid in uh, western New York State on, in Rochester, New York on Lake Ontario. Would have never imagined that my entire life's work was around what I love the most of boats and being on at sea and all that good stuff. So, well, yeah, my, really cool. My dad used to say, if you make your job your hobby or make your hobby your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know I, I know you've worked hard, Michael, but you certainly have yeah, a beautiful look yeah. about you. And you know, I, that, that's such a good saying on the one hand, because it is so meaningful toward the fact that when we do what we love there, uh, it changes everything. Mm. But I do challenge that saying because 
you know, there are many days I go home and go, wow, that was really unpleasant. And, uh, <laughs> they're just, <laughs> and, and you're I going, doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think even with our best hobbies, we always have frustrating days. And, and yeah. I think the, 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 the big problem, which my dad didn't point out, is that when it is something you're passionate about, it's hard to switch off. You tend to work a lot harder mm. than, than perhaps somebody who looks upon it as a job. Um, mm. And so much about this business is, is something you don't shut off. I mean, you're yeah. dealing with, you know, owners and time zone changes and and massive um, demanding people that are used to being you know taken care of 24/7 so there there is that that kind of other component to it and making sure that you know because we are in the the customer service industry essentially mm -hmm. I mean making yeah. sure and it's not just normal happy. service it's it's seven star service so uh, and you have to produce that and that's what the industry is is famous for and that's that's what we're here to do is provide that service so michael yeah. before we get into our kind of bigger topic today can i ask you know how was the year for you i mean you you cover a lot of bases um in yeah. your yacht consultancy well, from crew to yeah. management so I, yeah no i uh, think uh well thanks for asking and you know we're i i would say very sort of humbly and sheepishly, I'd say uh, we've had a great year uh, because, you know, if I owned a restaurant or a hotel or anything else, man, oh man, uh, we've been, you know, super blessed not to use any of the government um, assistance that's been out there. Uh, my, you know, my staff of eight uh, managing 12 yachts has uh, grown this past year. We've we transitioned to bringing our safety program, the uh, ISM, uh, the ISM Code Compliance, which is International Safety Management Code. Uh, we brought that in-house last year. It's about a year process. We've completed that. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, when, when COVID first came, it really seemed like it was going to be bad. Um, across the board and uh, it just hasn't turned out that way for us this year we had a weird year last year that was um, expensive so being uh, back in the black and and uh, having a totally unexpected turnout this year for what we might have worried about in February March is um, like I said I'm, I'm very humbled and blessed by uh, the outcome could I ask um, what do you attribute that to? I mean, because if you look at it, we've had a COVID year and and the sensible people at the beginning of the year were, would have said, it's a complete wipeout. Nothing's going to happen. The industry is, is right. going to be decimated. And yet, you know, we speak to you, we've spoken with Denison, we've spoken with Fraser, and, and they're all singing the same song that uh, really unexpectedly, the sales um, have... Uh, increasing you know, 2020 was a better year than 2019 which was a record year for Fraser etc etc uh, charter yeah. inquiries and also shipbuilders instead of their books yeah. being wiped clean they've been filling up well, what do you attribute that yeah. to is it is it a COVID response I you know I, I mean my my uh, 
and I'll use the word superficial because I just haven't spent the time to look deeper. But my sense of it is, well, I'll give you the two, the, the dichotomy. You know, on the one hand, when February, March came, uh, one of the yacht owners, 187 footer said, Michael, He's you know, big. tie up the boat and, and lay off the crew. On the other hand, at the same time, uh, be, beginning of March, a new client comes buying a yacht because he wants to take his young children on a boat and get away and have a safer environment. So I, you know, and it took a while to figure out that, Hey, laying off the crew, not such a good idea. We couldn't get the South Africans and the Europeans back to home, uh, as is required by the law. Um, so that proved to be a problem. Uh, but, buying a yacht and having a place to take it proved to be a problem. So uh, there were, there were um, the market reacted, the, uh, the people that owned yachts, and, and as, as the scare of COVID first came, and I'd say as a world, we probably, we reacted, and maybe in hindsight, we'd say we overreacted. But, um, you know, we, we did what we needed to as things came, and it just took a while to figure it all out. So I, I would attribute the growth to COVID, to answer your question. And uh, just on, on that. Everybody says there's no better way to socially distance than being on a yacht. Or, and or the super yachts and RVs, I think you were saying before, Kitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RVing. And yeah. I mean, that those two sectors of the of, of the you know, outdoor adventure world have gone crazy. And we've talked to people in New England and, and other places where they said they've never seen so many super yachts in Maine. Um, and they've never seen so many super yachts um, in, in Washington state at the mm. same time. I mean, so it's like trying to find those get off the beaten path. And when they opened Alaska, because there were no cruise ships, the yachts had places to go so they could pull up to the dock. <laughs> so mm. they, they had a great season in Alaska this year. So um, yeah. it's been, it's been kind of kooky. Can I yeah. ask further yeah. on, on the cruise side that you mentioned, how did, how did that work this year? Because we've had, you know, lots of feedback of, um, you know, some charters that, that were meant to go on that were canceled. Some crew lost their jobs. Others seem to have, gotten jobs where did you see that go this year well the uh so the demand for crew is high the uh you know in the supply and demand chain of crew because of covid restrictions and uh quality of crew you know it's been really difficult and limited um elizabeth who does our crew placement and crew management has never spent, I mean, she spends so much time being a travel agent now uh, mm -hmm. with our travel agency because we need to get an injured crew member back to South Africa again and couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. We just, we had to take her from the West Coast on a boat that was traveling to Alaska, deal with her, uh, deal with her medical issue and uh and instead of sending her home we had to keep her housed here in fort lauderdale uh handle the medical treatment and uh and then kind of uh, as she got well and the job wasn't available anymore 
Uh, she didn't want she didn't want to go back to South Africa once it opened because she was afraid she couldn't come back and find another job. So it was a it was a puzzle. We all had to sort of with a bit of effort and goodwill work it out for everyone for everyone. I mean, sort of legally, I need to send that person home for for a lot of purposes. But practically, that would have been a real hardship uh, in that instance. So. It's been a pain in the butt, to tell you the truth. Uh, so, uh, how are you finding? And the, the other thing side? that has happened because, mm. and um, the the one reason why Americans and and foreign crew are able to move in and out of the United States, um, even though there are travel bans, is only through executive order. Mm-hmm. So the president, in an executive order, included the yachting industry as part of those of that sector deemed essential that allows internet you know Americans and international crew to come and go i mean with obvious protocols in place so that's a kind of an unknown um, if and when there is a, a a sea change in january because mm-hmm. that's that's allowed the yacht crew to be able to move um, fairly freely um, not freely, and as as Michael said, his staff has spent an inordinate amount of time um, working on on moving people. Um, but that has made it a little bit easier when you're doing crew transitions and crew changes, yeah. you know, for uh, rotations. Well, it's also the service industry. I spoke with uh, uh, Pippa Nicholas uh, yesterday, I think it was, and uh, she you know, she does the VSAT and the head systems and everything. Right. But she has that dispensation that she can travel to and from right. America. However, her her partner, her wife, Uh-oh. is um, Kim, and she's uh, locked down in, in Fort Lauderdale because she cannot travel to Europe and, and come back you know, with that ease. So uh, it's, it's crucial that that executive order has allowed that... Um, that consistent flow from one place to another uh, of people within the industry. Yeah, Um, it seems that we have lost Michael temporarily, but um, we can, uh, yeah, he was, um, he was driving his car. So I know he'll, he'll, he'll come right back on, but, um, but I mean, we have had that, that has created some, as he was saying about his crew person um, from (coughs) South Africa, um, that has kind of become a bit of an issue um, globally because um, a lot of the um, State Department offices have been closed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So the ability to get visas, the ability to renew visas, because um, everybody knows there's that you don't want to overstay a visa because if you do that, you don't then... You know, you're like persona non grata beyond that. Um, and um, but now what we've been telling them is just to file the extensions. And as soon as the, the things open, you can then you can uh, renew. Um, well, welcome back. Technology. Sorry about that. What it is. No, we know how that goes. I mean, trust me, we've done entire shows where we're going to say, uh, well... Just, just so our work. listeners know, Michael is uh, en route. He's in the car. And so uh, we do have to be a little bit forgiving for the odd disconnection here and there. But it, it, it's a good signal and a great picture. 
which is of course, lost on radio. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like when I talked to Michael and I said, yeah, I said, it's a real casual chat. And he says, well, Kitty, you and I are, it's, it's so hard because we all have, what will we have to talk about? <laughs> and uh, anybody who knows Michael or me that, you know, it's, there's never a loss of, of lots of things to chat about. So, um, can I ask Michael on the refit side, uh, I had a conversation with somebody on the station there about two weeks ago, and they were saying, I won't mention the name of the yard, but uh, one of the large refit uh, facilities in Florida had uh, had quite a number of COVID cases uh, within the yard amongst crew on boats that were yeah. there. Um, what kind of problems is that causing? And uh, do you, you know, from Europe, we're seeing an increase in numbers uh, throughout America. Uh, do you see this as being a big problem for the refit industry in, in being able to keep going? Yeah, um, really good question. It definitely is a problem. Sort of in the, the bottom line is it added a new line item to uh, a 2020 budget that never existed before under crew expense. There's now COVID related expenses and for us uh, in that shipyard it meant uh, renting a house and uh, sequestering the uh, affected crew and uh, doing the testing and making sure they're taken care of and well um, we've been again really for you know so it's a problem and you know just just like my daughter Isabel coming back from a wedding and uh, doing uh, doing nothing foolish uh, unwittingly uh, was exposed for 30 hours of driving and uh, hotel room uh, to it and, and contracted it so well, you were saying um, your daughter Isabel um, and and we wish her the best uh, I hope she has a speed yeah. recovery no no Thanks. so she's she's recovering but I guess my point was the exposure mm. is pretty high. And as people go through this, uh, I think uh, taking the precautions that are needed, but also um, knowing that when this, when, you know, it's kind of not if this is going to happen anymore, it's when it's going to happen, yeah. that there uh, is a system in place to take care of people, isolate and all that stuff. So the effect on the uh, on business and on crew has been very significant. Uh, the, the shipyard environment is where there's a lot of people, especially a big shipyard that that has typically hosted, uh, you know, a, a gymnasium and a restaurant and all those things where people gather. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, unfortunately, the risks go up and the exposure is greater. And we've kind of, uh, like, like we said in the beginning of COVID, You've had, you just have to learn to be flexible and come up with logical solutions. And, you know, that, that requires a, a bit of a team effort. It requires the captain being smart and aware and on top of it and us reacting and giving him the resources and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not been great, but we've worked our way through it. We do. On one side, there is the, the crew. But with, in the refit situation, You've also got the people who are doing the refit, and 
I know when a boat goes in, it's it's a non-stop work environment. You've got uh, so many service and engineers and carpenters and painters and all of those which are on a tight schedule. Um, everything is mapped out in the project and, and, and the timelines are there. Are you finding that because of COVID, uh, possibly these workmen are being affected and therefore cannot perform their uh, their tasks and that's impacting uh, the deadlines or is that a, is that been a problem yeah no it's a really good point um and it has an impact but let's just say you know so the the boat that we have up at that shipyard um discovered corrosion had to take some plating out of the bottom uh had crew come down with covid how did that and had vendors uh who are friends affected where like ah, we don't want to go near that boat for mm-hmm. a little while i i would say you know out of a three-week project it maybe affected us one day but you know okay. it was an effect and it and it could have it, it could have a bigger effect yeah quite you know depending on depending on the situation okay well that's uh, as you say it's it's one day still a costly day but um it can easily swing uh, different ways well and can i just say we were part of the um the balearic yacht show was on in november uh, virtually but we were part of a, a webinar that was talking about safety and security in in spain and how they've managed it and you know they were kind of saying just all of the extra logistics that they've had to bring in you know for example an mb92 which is in barcelona They've got their own testing center. They've got the whole masks. They've got a whole nother layer of cleaning that constantly has to be um, incorporated. But on the flip side, one of the positives uh, I took away from it was Avnish Dahl, who runs PTW, was saying, on the other hand, the captains and the crew, you know, the captains in particular are really aware of it. They're very careful about their crew. They're really trying to take care of them. And, you know, in, in some ways, they've been the really positive force in, in getting through all this as well, because they want to keep their crew healthy mm. and well. So there's been right. very much kind of a community feeling as well of trying to keep everything going so that everyone can keep their jobs and keep things ticking over. Right. Yeah. Let me ask, yeah. Mike, on top of that, hasn't that created some like additional pressure an emotional pressure on some of these crew because like I know of when I spent some time up in the Northeast this summer where the owners were on board and they were not allowing the crew to ever leave. And because of that fear. And I mean, that's, that's gotta be a, I mean, it's tough enough to be, you know, in small spaces, in small quarters with lots of people in a stressful environment. But then if you have owners on 24 seven, you're not allowed to go decompress off the vessel. Um, have you guys run into any of that kind of stuff? And how are you guys handling those things? We've only had two crew members go postal that are in uh, psychological treatment right now. Um, I'm joking. But uh, uh, you're joking about uh, only two or that they're in treatment? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just joking. Um, the uh so here i'll give you a perfect example again a large a large yacht uh without owners uh when COVID comes docked at uh lmc 
happened to be the only spot where there was a, a little bit of a grassy yard and and uh, the captain shut down the yacht and would not let the crew go anywhere. But they set up a, a big piece of um, a plywood or something and, and, and projected movies and started playing uh, cornhole in the yard and people started exercising. So I guess my point is there's a serious downside, you know, the mm -hmm. stress of, especially with owners on, you know, you take the boat up to a crowded New England and then you're told your captain tells you you can't get off the boat to blow off steam or anything. And I think the logic uh, makes sense, but the human, you know, everybody's suffering from uh covid um just being sick of it uh and 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 i think the captains and the crew have to find uh ways to do it you know i'm i'm uh right now at my, at home and uh isolated and self-quarantining but to do that in the bow of a boat is really tough and i think mm -hmm. uh the captains and managers have to take that into account um have we had more turnover because of it, yeah, probably. Uh, but it had again incrementally hasn't been as big as you would think. And uh, trying to, you know, and I think everyone appreciates the fact that it's not just trying to keep a rich guy safe; it's trying to keep everybody safe under uh, difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. And 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 the bow of a boat, no matter how large the yacht is, where all the crew live, is just about as crowded a conditions as you're going to come yeah I've, uh, I've noticed that no matter how big the boat is the uh, the size of uh, the crew quarters tends to be about the same uh, yeah i mean and that you know scale. that's addressed now yeah yeah i mean it's small it's mm. small for sure yeah yeah uh, another question i'd have for you michael and again i'm in europe looking in through the the, the window of of mainstream media one of the concerns that's expressed over here, if we if we dial back to 2008, uh, we had a big financial crisis, which was brought about by the subprime market failing. And as a yeah. consequence, it brought down Lehman's and about 480 other banks, which then hit us globally. And we had that meltdown. Uh, what we're seeing at the moment, and do correct me if I'm way off uh, kilter here, is because of the effect of COVID again on industry, on people, uh, be it in offices, especially the entertainment, the hotel, bars, restaurants, mm -hmm. all, all these kind of things. A lot of people who've been out of work for several months that have been relying on government support. Um, and what we're seeing now is a kind of stalemate in Congress where support isn't being signed off and not happening. Mm. A lot of these people have dried up on their savings, if they had any. Mm -hmm. uh, many more mm. of them have um, you know, borrowed off family, which that plan mm. is emptying as well. There's a fear here that coming into the new year, we may see you know, mortgages and rents not being paid, which will have a similar effect of 2008. Do you have any concerns mm. for the new year, the, the financial stability and the potential impact on the market? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Wow. So we try yes. not to do got you once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, wow. 
Yeah, no, it's such a big question. I think so. On the one hand, I think it's important to recognize in the macroeconomic situation that the economic crisis has been completely imposed mm-hmm. on our mm-hmm. our our global citizenry. Uh, trying to address a pandemic. That's very different than us being stupid uh, globally, lending lending foolishly and uh, bringing ourselves to, not the brink, but you know, to a financial crisis. I think the two you have to look at a little bit differently because you know, on the one hand, you, you make a really good observation of where we are at this moment and the and sort of on the precipice of something going really bad. But at the same time, yachting has shown an incredible resiliency because of pent-up demand or created demand from the pandemic. So again, I it's sort of, in, in a way, it's unfair for me to answer this question without having a restaurateur next to us in the conversation who's suffered a closing and had to lay off all his staff Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, So the economic effects overall, there's no doubt, you know, just looking at the sort of quarter of a million unemployed in the United States pre-pandemic to now it climbing back up to three quarters of a million and over and, and probably, you know, as we head into the new year, especially if what you say is true, and happens well that'll go over a million and uh yeah that's that's a that's a big problem and so um i so in general you know uh yogi Berra said it's um it's always risky to uh to make predictions especially about the future and uh and and, uh so uh no no telling what's going to happen but as a as sort of someone, I, I I don't think I'm an optimist or a pessimist. I try to look at things realistically and react in a way. And yeah, I'm worried. I'm a bit worried and and concerned. But also, we'll just take it, you know, step by step and and try to be a little bit ahead of it. Well, I, I think in 2008, the, the the big problem that I saw wasn't necessarily that the owners had to divest themselves of their yachts. But a lot of it had to do with the optics. I remember yes. the, the late Mr. Copley, who had happy days, a wonderful man. I was speaking with him, and he he was saying, you know, my boat's in Seattle. It was uh, Delta build. Um, but right. because of the crash, I've had to lay off a lot of people along the coast. Am I going to get into my big yeah. yacht and sail by and wave at them? He said, no, I can't do that. So I'll sit out the yeah. season. Yeah, And, and I think, that was yeah. our big impact was owners being respectful and thoughtful about what they had to do to keep themselves and their companies going, which impacted yeah, negatively yeah. on the workforce. And really, it just wasn't yeah. seemly. So uh, I think that would be Can my I big fear. add my <clears throat> two cents on this? Of um, I read recently a survey about, um, it was printed in something like WealthX, and it was looking at the upper high net worth individuals who ultimately are the are the ones who are owners of the of the super yachts 
and um, it was sort of looking globally, you know, how they were affected. And certainly February, March seemed very, very shaky. However, by April, May, if you looked at, and, and we certainly saw this in the super yacht brokerage market, you know, come, you know, mid-year, it really started to pick up again. Equally in high-end real estate, that also was picking up. And, you know, in, in some ways, although the usual tracks of passage and, and charters may not have been, I think I feel more positive for those who are working in our industry because in some ways, I think uh, even if you can't necessarily do the Saint-Tropez, you know, along the Riviera and down Italy routes because things are closed up, there's still a lot of places that you can go, that you can socially isolate, mm. that you can be safe with your family, that you can keep your crew yeah. going. Uh, you know, as we saw yeah. on uh, along the coast and in the East Coast in the States, you know, it was surprisingly great for a lot of them. And, you know, that is very much what is also keeping our industry going. And it it's not just for that small minority of, that own the boats. It's, as Kitty says, it's all the people that are affected in the industry from the the crew to the, you know, to the service sector, the service sector to the... So uh, yeah. we're a huge community who are dependent on these super yachts. But I actually feel for yeah. our industry, it it is cushioned a lot more than other industries would be and will be next year. It's my mm. positive mm. slant at the end of yeah, 2020. Think, yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing, com doing the comparison that we were just talking about to 2008, the thing... The thing that also is a huge driver besides, and, and actually we had that conversation about uh, happy days so many years ago, yeah. uh, but, but the, the, the optics, people were, the, if they had the money, it just didn't look right to be spending it at that time. But also, you know, the economy took a, took a, a dive, but also the stock market took a dive. And, and uh, globally, stock markets haven't been affected. So, you know, people that invest, which generally um, spill over into the ultra uh, rich and, and all of that stuff, there is, there is that component too. how it fits into this conversation. I'm not quite sure, but, uh, but it, it certainly has helped selling large yachts and uh, million dollar RVs. There's definitely a vast difference. There's a vast difference between where we are today and versus 2008. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't have the, as as Michael said, the 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 whole lending system that had been um, perpetuated with the, and then the junk bonds and all of those things all crashing at the same time. I mean, and this is this is a global push that that as that's not been driven by by people necessarily as it is by a virus um and um, the unfortunate part of it is that it is having a similar effect on sectors of the industry as i said my boyfriends in the hospitality industry they're saying that 36 percent of hotels will not open their door and no. i mean they're saying that restaurants 47 percent of restaurants will close forever um and so and it's it, so that those are other aspects whereas 
I mean, the, the end result is still pretty negative, but it's not for the same reasons. No. Um, yeah. And people have changed their patterns on how they how they operate their lives. And I think that's going to take longer to change than the, so say the vaccine, you know, is being already starting to be administered in the UK. They're expecting to start here this week or next week. Um, but, you know, it's, is 21 going to be the year? No, nothing's going to change. I don't think, um, you know, before third quarter of 21. Mm. Um, mm. And because it's going to take, they say 70% of the people must be inoculated in order to create that herd immunity kind of situation. Um, but I still think our industry is, is still driving forward at a pretty rapid pace. I don't think that 21 is going to see a, a downturn at this point for our group. Um, mm. I mean, there are other sectors, like you say, hospitality. I mean, mm. at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, I sat in a convention and visitors bureau meeting and they're say they were saying then, and this was before any of this got really started, that it would be 2023 before the hospitality industry would recover. Yeah, I've heard that. And now, yeah. now that's starting to look so prosaic in that it's like, wow, that it's like, wow, who just said that? And yet in more in reality, you're finding people are flying. People have gotten more used to um, Zoom conversations and and not taking those trips and you know putting off a lot of things. But then there's the flip side of those people that are just saying, "Screw it, I'm gonna go. I don't care." And um, you know, Katie bar the door. And it's if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, great. Then you know, bring it on. And it's a matter of when, not if. But yeah. um, how are you seeing, Michael, with um, this coming season? I mean, we saw a lot of boats, you know, obviously, because the med was vastly more impacted um, early on in this pandemic than we were here in the States, um, right. which impacted the Mediterranean summer season. Right. Um, what are you thinking as far as the winter, where it's typically in the more traditional seasonal tra trade patterns, where winters in Caribbean, summers in the med or in other places, are you seeing that same sort of thing kind of kind of taking place? I mean, I'm hearing that boats are going to the Caribbean. Yeah, no, bo boats are going to the Caribbean. We, uh, you know, I, so again, I can give you snapshot from a small fleet of 12 yachts. We, I have one client that's been with me for 12 years. Uh, that boat had two charters booked in uh, for right around now, you know, uh, just after Christmas uh week new after new year's both have canceled they were supposed to start uh in saint thomas and go to the bvi and both had one of them had the first meba which is the, the 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 charter contract addendum that was unbelievably liberal it basically said for any reason up to three days before the event you can cancel uh oh, yeah. really three that, days and that, yeah and that was Meba's first whack at it. And everybody, you know, everybody's, and, and again, it was just the industry and and people trying to keep things going. Uh, charters, of course, have been hugely affected, like the restaurant business. Could I ask, Michael, um, um, if it's three days, because you got a provision for that charter, which I would presume doesn't happen in the two, three days running up to it. Well, 
How does that work? Oh yeah, it's a mess because well, oh, unfortunately, <laughs> we've had we've had the charters cancel several weeks before, so we didn't have an outlay. But yeah. basically, the way the COVID addendums work now is if a, if there's a COVID event uh, that can either prevent the charter from startering, uh, sorry, startering Start. from starting, oh, uh, <laughs> or or. or <laughs> <laughs> it's a COVID term. Stuttering. Uh, I like it. It's point here. You've heard it here first on superyachtradio.com. That, that, that's, that's nothing. We, we've just had a, a, in the news today about one of the celebrity chefs, Nigella Lawson, and she was talking about uh, microwaving, which she pronounced mic microweaving. Microwaving. Microwaving. <laughs> So you can be forgiven that small, you can be forgiven yeah. that small so kerfuffle. We've got a new one called Startering. That's a, yeah. a short yeah. version of Start Your Charter. Well, <laughs> yeah, and just, we, and just we, to go further down, sorry, go ahead. We, we all make kerfuffles, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I have a. I had an old uh, employee a long time ago who was uh, had a couple guys that were brainiacs from MIT, and they said at MIT they were encouraged to come up with their own words because they deserved it. They were so smart. So uh, well, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that group. Okay. So going back to the point though, is that, uh, and answering your question, the charters cancel money spent, uh, does not get returned. If there's something worth sending back to the clients, like a box of wine at their expense. Sure. Well, they'll do it, uh, but basically the money spent to get wherever the point of cancellation is, you lose, and then everybody gives back everything, um, including, and, and again, me, me, it's all evolved now and gotten much more logical, but uh, everybody gives back. So the losses, uh, so a charter on your books that used to look like on a 130-foot yacht you know, $100,000 or, or $80,000 net of income, you can't just, you can't count on it. And you actually have to count on, you know, giving back and, and maybe losing a little money because sometimes repositioning the boat mm -hmm. is part of the deal and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a whole new world. And the, to answer Kitty's question about the Caribbean, yes, uh, boats are going there. But because the BVI has been late in deciding what their rules are, and then each of the windward islands kind of has their own thing, and, and then all the COVID testing, we have some owners that are like, nope, kind of tired of getting a Q-tip stuck up my nose mm -hmm. and uh, every time we move the boat. And, uh, and then other people saying, no, I want to get out of here and travel with my family. So uh, in one instance... We had an owner say, no, forget the whole Bahamian Caribbean thing. Let's just stay. And it's a big boat. He said, let's go to Miami for New Year's. And he's not a Miami Beach party guy. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be interesting. I don't know how we're going to manage that. But, yeah, it's just required uh, creative so solutions. He's going to sit on the boat in Miami? Well, he's actually he's not a, he's not a sit-on-the-boat kind of guy. We would find a way to probably... Uh, you know, it's a big boat and draws eight feet, but I think you could get around the 
the corner of uh, the the south end of Key Biscayne and anchor off and put the toys in the water and okay. let the kids have a good time. But but you know, but it's South Florida and we're you know we're having extremely cold weather here. It snowed, you know. I'm kidding, but uh, no. got- <laughs> Ireland, we're, we're, we're in Ireland, Michael. We're, we're in Ireland. We know what cold us. weather like is. Yesterday, it was like <laughs> 17 degrees. <laughs> you know, so which for us is cold. You know, I mean, yeah. 17 degrees Celsius. You know, Celsius, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's an Irish summer. For that's those, a hot summer. Just kind of update on, on where the Caribbean is. For, for those that are looking at going to the Caribbean, is there anywhere that's easy to go? I mean, what's St. the... St. Thomas. I, St. Thomas. Because, I mean, I, I realize yeah. all the islands have different rules, different regulations, right. different quarantine. Right. But, you know, if you had a super yacht and you were moving out from Fort Lauderdale... Yeah. And you wanted the easiest passage. Where would you go? USVI. I mean, yeah. I mean, Puerto Rico, St. Thomas. I, you know, I don't know of anyone that's gone to St. Croix in a long time, but I bet people start going there. And uh, of course, St. John's. Uh, that's a very limited cruising mm-hmm. perimeter, sort of, yep. or area. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it's it's the easiest. Uh, it's the easiest to access. So, for better or worse, uh, U.S. territories are seem to be the easiest entering and leaving. Going back to the scene of the crime where I met Michael, right? <laughs> Except it's now it's a fancy. Now it's a fancy marina. Whoa! Um, owned yeah. by yeah. Really nice. <laughs> really but, nice. Um, I also understand that St. Martin and St. Bart's have an understanding between those two islands that you can travel between the two without doing testing and, but the Bahamas is still like a cookie cutter of a bunch of different rules, you know, yeah, and how you, chop and change how a you lot. travel around. Um, yeah. We are hearing um, that uh, South America and Central America are, are open. Um, although it's going to be, it, it would be summer, you know, down in like Colombia. Um, there's new Marina in Cartagena that's just opening um, that um, I'm hearing some good things about, and they're they're not having as many issues in Colombia, um, Costa Rica, the same. Car- yeah, and Cartagena is is lovely. Hmm. Um, and then on the Peruvian side, on the you know the west coast of South America, Peru is um, is back open, um, and we've seen you know a fair amount of travel down that way. They're starting to loosen up in Australia. Um, and they're allowing interstate travel for, you know, people so you can fly from Victoria up to, you know, Briz and, mm-hmm. you know, go and mm-hmm. even do cans and stuff. But, you know, so some of those places are opening up. But now it's like it's like winter to go up to Alaska. You wouldn't want to go there. So it's like, where would you go? You know, Southern California, forget it. It's it's on total shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are yeah, parts we- of Mexico that are that are on shutdown again as well. Yeah, we have a couple of boats in La Paz and uh, Cabo, and they seem to be doing okay. But, of course, getting there um, through California and stuff, you either need a lot of range and be prepared for a bit of a rough trip or um, if you're coming from up north. Or, um, or, or put it on a dock ship. There's some dock ships yeah. coming from here. 
on the east coast. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering. That the you know yacht transport ships are they a little bit like flights? Um, there's a limited number. I mean, my sister's coming no, over from California, and so there's much. no direct they flights been, to Europe at the moment. <laughs> they, they, you know, the only places they've been having challenges that I've run into is um, Victoria, because Canada is so so regimented on the shutdown that it's been difficult for crew to get in and get their boats off. And so there've been some workarounds up there in Victoria, but in, you know, I know that, um, that in uh, other places in Mexico, there's been no problems in dropping off boats in Costa Rica as well. So yeah. um, they've been running pretty full ships from what I've been able to see from, you know, the different uh, members that we work with that, that are shipping boats. But, yeah. uh, but but both haven't been doing a lot of travel because that is that that I've run into and I don't know Michael you're having the same is that that the fear is is that that you move your boat to another country and then it gets shut down yeah um I mean yeah and then you so can't here, get in and out yeah yeah again it's a it's a duality that's happening on the one hand uh, have a client that canceled Europe this summer on the on one of the the ships and just got off the phone before I uh, picked up the phone with you guys and spoke with the manager and said, hey, thank you very much for postponing that one year, but it looks like the owner wants to postpone yet another year of not going back. Uh, but then I've also got a boat that was built in Italy, delayed being launched because of COVID, was launched in August, and is on one of the dock ships right now coming across and is late is going to be late getting here because of weather not because of covid uh-huh. uh, um and uh so just normal stuff and then the boat gets dropped off here on the on a lovely easy day like the 24th of december and the owner oh, expects and and the owner expects the yacht down in uh, St. Martin by New Year's, and it's like, wow! I don't know how we're going to do that, but wow, um, yeah. that yeah. would be a very aggressive. Is he, is he a first-time owner? No, no, no. And and actually, you know, I mean, he's being pretty. Uh, he's not a first-time owner. He just you know wants you know wants his mm-hmm. boat for the holidays, and it wasn't supposed to be this delayed. And they're getting a villa to wait for the yacht, but you know, I've got to. We've got to get the boat here, get it offloaded, get it provisioned and fueled, and then get them out of here. And then, and then, and then we have their thirty-nine foot tender going down to St. Thomas on a ship, so they don't have to tow it. And you know, just logistics after logistics. That yeah, are, no pressure then, Michael. That are, and, and, yeah, and then we've got weather. You know, it's like ah, okay. you know. The, ah. <laughs> and you have to get there in in fourteen days, or not even. Uh, uh, yeah, about 14 days. Yeah, good luck with that one. Um, have you seen any um, positive uh, impact on the refit sector as a result of COVID? I mean, with these guys that are that are reticent to go out on their boat, are they are they doing the upkeep on their vessels on this downtime, or what are you running? Yeah. Well, again, because because of the unexpected purchases, a couple of owners have purchased yachts that needed a lot of work that had that somebody else wasn't doing because they didn't have the money or the will or whatever and then you know want to go and so now we got to get it done fast and uh so one refit has been you know 
very expensive, sort of chaotic, not very well organized in some ways, just because it was go, go, go. Um, and another way, you know, we've just bumped into normal, you know, big boat, older boat with um, aluminum hull that the corrosion was discovered. And before you know it, a leaky day tank, uh, diesel fuel tank turns into cutting plates out of the bottom. And, and the growth of that project was um, a lot. But we just kind of took it step by step and work with the owner, work with the classification society and the shipyard, and we get it done. You know, we kind of we thought it was a five day job that's turned into a three week job. But, you know, and then the boat will, the boat is getting out of here and going on charter. It's a bit so, like me cleaning a kitchen. So. It's what is a five day <laughs> yeah, job turned yeah. into a three week job. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, like me and my shed. <laughs> unfortunately we have come to the top of the hour michael it's been a real treat getting to see you again and reconnecting it's, it's been a while um i wish yeah. isabel a uh, speedy recovery and uh hope you and family you. And, uh, and negative results on uh, all of you guys yes. yeah and uh, uh, and have a busy have but fun christmas and a happy Thank you. New Merry Year. Christmas to everyone. And yeah. If you have an interest, any of our listeners out there in um, having any more conversations with Captain Michael Reardon and uh, Reardon Yacht Consulting, he can be found on the U.S. Associ U.S. Super Yacht Association website or at reardonyacht.com. And um, I know that uh, he's a tremendous professional that can help you with any of your questions that you might have in uh, yacht management or refit or rebuilding and uh, and a good friend to the association and the industry and my and my own personal dear friend i'm so happy that he was able to join us today and uh and share so some I, of your experiences with our group here today so likewise right. and kitty always always great to finish a friday with the beautiful kitty mcgowan kitty stay safe it's always a pleasure you guys mm. thank you so much and uh we're going to have a nice warm weekend this weekend, so okay, I'm excited to be Okay, this is where we cut and edit that bit out, because we will not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's, exactly. It's, it's terrible having moved back from uh, from Mallorca. Uh, we get here, there's a sunny day. I look up and I think, okay, it's bright, it's shiny, but it's broken. There's no heat coming out of the thing. It's like, Guys, oh no! <laughs> have a great weekend. Well, Thank you again, Michael. Thanks so much, Thank guys. you. Merry Stay Christmas, safe. Guys. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael. Right. You're Bye, welcome. Bye-bye. This is Super Yacht Radio.